GD. All right. Damn if I'm not glad to see you. I don't even know where my program is all over the place. Um, Folks, for those of you who just joining us now, Janice spent her formative years working as a family and youth supporter at Montreal-based Black Community Organization, such as the Negro Community Center. Talk talk to me about that. You have to tell me everything that you tell me on this. um, Yes, MCC, that was... uh where I started working um, after, you know, studying a bit. And uh, it was just very exciting. I really was happy to be there. Um, I had gone there a a little bit when I was young. And now I was in the position to work in the library. I was first of all, a library assistant. And then, I don't know if many people know me, knew me then, or maybe still know now that I danced and uh, not formally trained. I just used to do improvisation and everybody was very excited about it. So I started teaching dance as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was quite, it was quite an exciting time. You know, I was learning and working and community-based and it was just very nice. Tell me about this, the time you had working with the Black Theatre Workshop. Oh, yeah. So the Black Theatre Workshop, I, um, I, did, uh, I didn't do a lot. Um, I did a um, Dream on Monkey Mountain. That was the play that I worked with them with. And talk, um, wait, talk to me about Dream on Monkey Mountain. Monkey. Why would I want to dream on Monkey Mountain? That was, uh, you know, I tell you, stretch. It was a long time ago. It was a, a black written play, and it was just very interesting. And I, I, I enjoyed the fact that I could get the, I get a part in a black play because previous to that, I grew up on the West Island, so all my acting was, you know, I was a Spanish girl. I was everybody else but a black girl. So being a part of Black Theatre Workshop, I just enjoyed, no matter what the name of the play, I got all into it and got and was really excited to be a part of it, you know? So that was an out for me, outlet. You know, I, I, um, I, I would like to know a girl from the West Island because I live on the West Island. Okay. And it, it's bias and racist. How did you get involved with the, 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 the Black the yeah. black theater, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you when I, it was many moons ago and uh, I was the one of three black kids in my school. That was John Rennie high. So mm-hmm. there was like 2000 kids and I felt like the only black at many times, but I have to say I had never, not even one negative occasion in all mm-hmm. my, well, I was only there for grade nine, grade three years but I had never had a negative um, interaction about being, I was, I was mostly held on a pedestal because, you know, I joined everything. I sang in the choir and I did this. I was a chair. I did everything. I was very active. And so I, if, if there were negative things happening, I was too busy to notice them. And I just really never had a terrible time. I know the days have changed. And nowadays, things are not the way they were when I was growing up. But uh, I never had experience 
of a hard time. And I only started realizing that there was this really rift, big rift between races as I grew older, when I started to go to, you know, come to Montreal and go to college and realize the really realized the things that were happening at Sir George Williams University and all those things. And then my sister was older and she would pull me into all of the black um, organizations that were fighting for rights. And that's when I realized that, you know what, this is not an even world. And there's some things that you have to do. You have to open your mouth whatever way you can, you know, to try to make things, make it livable. Right. You know, I, I, I want to ask you something, because what you're saying to me is I didn't really go through that because I came on the West Island to my brother and I told him I needed my passport because I needed to go back home. This is after finished three, three years with Sheridan College. And I came to Montreal and he says, have some ambition. My brother Lee told me to have some ambition and stick around with it because you're going back to Jamaica to have fun and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, what? Um, wh why, I, why I made that point is that being from the West Island, how did you happen to be the founder of CKUT's Radio McGill Long, longest running reggae music program? <laughs> Well, I tell you, it starts with who I came out of. My dad and mom brought us here to this whitewash place. Hola. Hola. Can I tell you, I respected <laughs> your mom and dad. I love them too. And I'm a friend them. man. Yeah, man, but guess what? When they came, they knew we were going to be, you know, our, our culture would be blanked out for a certain degree. And they came with Hordes. Did I say one or two? They came with <laughs> mountains of records. With an H. What? And my um, auntie would send almost maybe every two weeks the top 10, four to five. So we were always on top when it came to music. My dad had always the um, those eight track tapes, every song. And <laughs> that is why I love mu the music. Can I whisper something? Uh-huh. What your dad did, we all did as Jamaicans. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing that kept the whole vibe alive. Kept, yes. No, I wasn't in Jamaica, tell you the truth. So how did you apply to CKUT? I know it's Ray the McGill and it's part yeah. of the McGill. Yeah. yeah Explain so that I, to me. Right. So I started, well, you know, the mountain of children at home, I said, okay, I need to go and figure out how, learn how to really help them develop properly. So I applied for, and it got accepted to McGill to study um, education, to become a teacher of, of elementary kids. And so I said, okay, so I got out the house, which is good. Let me see if I can find a little club where I can enjoy myself too. And I looked and looked, I said, okay, let me try the radio club. And that was just a little club then. It was CFRM. So I went ah, and auditioned. Yeah, ah. and they, yes, they had a reggae section about with, I don't want to say how many, but very Go few. Go ahead, say it because we want to hear. I've never heard this before. The reggae section was this big. Few, <laughs> few, very few records. So let me tell you who was my backbone. 
the man named Isashar. I don't know his last name. His name is. I know Isashar, man. Yes. He gave me music every week. And, you know, all I did in exchange was that I would speak about his station, his radio, um, his mm-hmm. record shop. Mm-hmm. And he would make sure I had all the hits. And that was very nice. And after, well, he had that Records International. And then Sky, Sky Reggae, later on also. Mm-hmm. And that's really Hope hard. you're hearing the history of Montreal reggae music. Listen yes. to this. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing, man. That's how we got the music going. And it was just very exciting. And of course, you know, musicians would realize and I would reach out to musicians and they would send me music, would realize that I was an outlet and there wasn't any real other one in in Montreal at that time. There was before me a short half an hour show. I forgot the gentleman's name. On West Indian Rhythms. (laughs) <laughs> Is that the guy? No. Uh, that was previous, prior, prior to um, positive vibes and Western rhythm, but he didn't last very long. So that was um, forget his name, but it was 30 minutes on the mainstream radio. But then uh, my show started and they used to play reggae sometimes at CKUT. Other shows would play it. But like I said, they had like six records in the library, right? But um, (laughs) (laughs) I just said, let me, I want to put this music out there and just make it reggae by itself. And and that was really good. And that's how it started. You know, I'm always amazed. I'm going to play a Barrington lead. Do you know who is a shine eye girl? (laughs) (laughs) JD, you were the shine eye girl, trust me. When we say shine eye girl is a trouble to a man, JD, Janice. The history of reggae music in the city. She can tell you. I gotta pull this down and ask you, were you a shine eye girl? Me? No, sir. Never had trouble. Never had trouble to a man or no woman. <laughs> where the little club on St. Catherine Street, all that we used to go? Where, where, where the bread are um, My goodness. Oh, dear. The name Rainbow? No. no Was not, it Rainbow? not Rainbow. It's no. further up near Atwater. Yes, street. I know. I don't remember the name. That's terrible. All right. No problem. Now, the serious part of this interview is now. Tell me, how does JD, who have six children and I look like 35? <laughs> how did you manage that? Well, thank you so much. It's not. Well, you went to Jamaica and pumped them out one by one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I just, I. I just loved kids and, and um, I just loved them. So that's kind of what happened. You don't want to know how many grandkids I have, do you? No. 
It's 400. It's a, it's a big family. <laughs> you know, somebody just texts me. I look in. I just look at the thing. Is there really a JD? Uh-oh. <laughs> so you had six kids. How is the oldest one? How old is the oldest? Um, hmm, I'm not sure she'd like me to Come say. Come on, mommy. <laughs> she was born in 76. I'll tell you the truth. I don't remember nowadays. I don't even want to call out any age because I always you know I, I I'm like you, you know. And <laughs> the other day, somebody who is very close to you, um, she called me and she said, "How old are you?" I said, "Not me. I don't know." <laughs> but <laughs> tell me something. So you have six kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right here in Montreal. There, uh, three live in Montreal. Three live in Toronto. Damn traitors. <laughs> they went to Toronto. They left, yes. But something about you that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, the singing with Lee Perry's studio and yeah. Channel One. I didn't know this part of you. Yeah, I did um, background singing um, uh, with a gentleman named Keithus I. And uh, yeah, I Sang in a few few songs. From here or in Jamaica? Um, he was, I met him here, right? But uh, he worked in Jamaica and now he works in America. So he's still mm. singing. You keep in touch with him? Yeah. Can he harmonize? I <laughs> love gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a different day. <laughs> Those were the days, right? Yeah. Um, now I'm gonna um just in case for those those of you who do not know, Janice is a graduate from uh, McGill University, trained educator who has worked for the English Montreal School Board and is currently employed by the Cree Board of Quebec. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Talk to me and my listeners mm-hmm. about being uh, em- em- employed by the Cree, Cree Nation of Cree. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. How does that work? I often, sorry, before you go any further, mm-hmm. I went to a place called Settil many years ago when I was with Names and Faces Band. And I didn't know it was that such a long journey to cover Quebec. Yeah. Where exactly are you? I'm north of a place called Val d'Or. Maybe people would Val-Dor. know that. Yes. So is that the base? Is that the base? Val d'Or? Um, there is a base there, but it, it I'm further north. So where uh-huh. I am, it's um uh, I'm on a I'm on a Cree community. They called them reservations before, you know, it's, it's really a, a Cree community. Mm-hmm. And um, there, this I think is the last community before there are no more, no more roads. So if you go further north than me. <laughs> no more roads, JD, yeah. what are you doing up there? How are you going to get out, girl? No, no, no. Up to me, there is, there are roads, but further, just past me. You have to fly if you want to go up there. Ah. So, but because I used to drive here before I had surgery on my eye. So, and it takes, just takes about, uh, not that long, maybe 12 hours. hours. Right? Yeah? How many? Hours. No, 
<laughs> not with JD driving. <laughs> no, so no, it's it's a nice drive. It's actually really nice if you have, you know, your right music and things like that. It's very nice drive. But um, being here, it's really um, it's refreshing. The air is clear. It's nice and quiet. Uh, it really is. It's very, right. very nice. I love JD. it. Be honest with the old man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're in that apartment uh -huh. and you do not come out. I do. Get out of here. <laughs> I come out. I have a backyard, a front yard, and I go out for sure. And yeah. the, you know what? There are they hide, there are a lot of people here who are not Cree. So mm -hmm. we need we do get together to just, you know offset the loneliness or whatever you know the, board, do, uh, the yeah. boredom the boredom tell me, tell me something <laughs> um when you're not cree it's only the, the the classroom that you're um actually uh you know i you're there with the the, the students but after mm -hmm. that there's no kind of reaction between you and the people and the interaction <laughs> Not, interaction you know, that's, it's, that's up, to you. it's yes. up to you you know it's uh, there can be there really can be it that like i'm saying um there's sometimes uh gatherings where everybody's there they make sure the actual school they make sure they hold things because it, they realize the possibility of people getting super bored or super you know super stressed or missing their home so they make sure they arrange things to bring people together it's always a lot of food a lot of, I don't want to call the names of the food. <laughs> I don't not? try. I don't Maybe try. I get hungry. <laughs> Things that I don't want to try. But uh, <laughs> why you don't want to try a seal's leg? <laughs> no. no, so I bring up my things and cook them and eat them. But anyway, I'm not saying anything against the food. But I am not used to it, so I use use oh, what yeah, I'm it's like. okay. I'm yeah. not used to eating a seal's eyeballs. But <laughs> it's okay. No, you know, very accommodating. Um, very accommodating. You have a friend that I'm very scared of. Her name is Pat Dylan. Uh oh. <laughs> Tell me about um, the publicist team that you formed together. Amanda Jackson Communications. So together. Yes. Even while I am not, I'm so far away with technology, we can still work. And uh, so we do publicity for different occasions and different people. And uh, this is a plug. I'm plugging that. <laughs> need a publicist? It's you know, okay. We know. need to know this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Pat Dillon has an, an extensive experience in the in that world right. and uh so she has the experience and i have the gift of gab so <laughs> together <laughs> we do a great job <laughs> yes and yeah. i certainly appreciate that job that yeah. that, that gab right <laughs> yeah 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 i want to ask you something um Um, uh, Sister P is on leave right now. She's not working. In her position as research assistant with the Canadian HIV AIDS 
Black, African, and Caribbean Network, Janice often focuses on HIV AIDS education mm -hmm. for Black communities. Yeah. Tell yeah. me why. Well, because it's not something that people pay attention to. And I think it's important for people to, Black people to pay attention uh, for reasons like, number one, people don't realize how susceptible anybody could be to contracting it. And also, there is a high rate of stigma and discrimination, like, you know, against people who end up being HIV positive. And so I try to make sure that this is something that ends. And so that people understand this is not something that anyone goes out and looks for. And you don't, it doesn't tell anything about the person's, um, your lifestyle or anything about the person themselves. Uh, and so it's something that you should pay attention to and be considerate towards folk who end up in that position. And make sure that you know about it so you, you don't end up in that position. Great. I certainly admire that because, you know, um, a lot of things uh, people don't understand is uh, until they uh, get into that problem is that mm -hmm. you have to know what you're looking at. That's it. All right. That's so, J.D., mm -hmm. I am. Well, now you're coming back to Montreal. I am back in April. So um, tell the people exactly where you are now and what you're doing. Right. So I live in a place called East Maine, East Maine, um, Quebec, and I teach 10-year-olds. So, <laughs> yeah. Stretch qualified for that. <laughs> I don't think so. I teach people who are just turning. I tell them you're turning double digits now. So it's time to... Straighten up, <laughs> man up, you're double digits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you, can, you can say to yourself, I'm happy where I am now. Completely. Absolutely. I'm really, I'm, it's a lot of work, but I'm not bored and mm -hmm. uh, it's fulfilling. What makes it a lot of work? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to throw this camera to my floor over there with the papers. <laughs> There's many, many planning. Planning is a lot, you know. And uh, daily, you, while you have maybe a year's set of plans, every day things change. So every day you have to think and you have to find new ways and to keep uh think the kids intrigued it's a lot it's mm -hmm. a lot <laughs> but it's fun is it a lot of homework that you have to sit and say well Correct. you know that little that little brute <laughs> did not do his work yeah <laughs> there's a lot of that right it is there's a lot of work to correct but you know they it's um they do things pretty well every day the kids have to learn cree language so that means I have that period free. So I have at least two periods 
at least one period every day where I do my correcting. So I don't bring all that home. So you speak Cree language? Very little. This is bad, all but right. I should be speaking. Okay. <laughs> Could you say Stretch is a handsome guy from Montreal? <laughs> Come on. I very little. Very little, you know, and that, I feel um, Do you have a friend in the house there? Could you say, uh, tell me no. how to say this? <laughs> no, I don't. Could you learn how to say stretch is a handsome guy? I will, guy? and I will call you and tell you. <laughs> All right. How could you learn to say CKUT is the best radio station in Montreal? I will learn that too. I will. I'm writing it down. JD, I love you. Love you too, stretch. And believe you me, you've represented us, and I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. I, I don't know what to say, but I'm just going to say thank you because um, I got a few minutes to go before the reggae people start to cost me. Okay. Thank uh, you, you know, very much. You know, they will cost me, right? I know. <laughs> Been down that road. Yeah. This Janice, is great. Take it easy. Okay. You're you beautiful. And tell me what's the secret to have six kids with a smile like yours. Oh, <laughs> You have to smile, man. You have to keep keep it this way or else things go really bad. <laughs> All right, darling. Be okay. good. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> that's a woman. Trust me when I say that's a woman. Thank you. JD Janice Daly. I respect them kind of woman, you know, man, because they're strong. God. All I don't know, they were saying, oh, strong. And <laughs> Damn, do I respect Janice Daly? Hey, brother, man. Hey, hey what I say. Give me some money.